Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. We are uh, getting back on track to provide you some live lessons. Uh, We took a hiatus over the summer, and I guess a lot of you have been busy listening to some of the replays of Lessons Past. Just a quick update on what we have been up to. I have been uh, in the initial and probably a little past the initial process of building a success academy. As egotistical as that sounds and as self-serving as it comes across, uh, I was able to get in the studio and with the help of a good colleague and friend of mine, record about 50 episodes on selling, sales 101, 102, and 103, including some unique methodologies there that have allowed me to have resounding success in that field over a number of years. Today's message is simply titled, Life its lessons, and its legacy. So part of it will be historical, part of it will be biographical, and part of it may be self-serving, but uh, some of you have asked and others of you have queried. So in addition to the Success Academy, the books uh, have done well. We have also recorded eight of my classic messages, or at least amalgamated eight of my classic lessons of years past, into a small USB flash drive that uh, actually looks like a key, and uh, it's cutely titled The Key to Chris Dunham's Classics. On it is some vintage audio of Mr. Zig Ziglar introducing me in those formative years and how giddy I was that he accepted it and how thrilled I was that it actually is preceding my own message for posterity. So you can go to skylifesuccess.com forward slash shop and be able to procure that USB flash drive, which is shaped in the form of a key. It comes in a nice presentation box. And I would encourage you, if you really want to inspire and impact the lives and the legacies of your friends and yourself, get these messages. Uh, Some of them uh, are actually ones that I have had deep introspection into and uh, we thought it would be a fitting time. More information on the Success Academy in the days to follow as we will give you the subscription model that it will be universal in terms of the fact that the dollar amounts and the rupee amounts or the peso amounts will be provided uh, geographically so that everybody would have easy access to it. But what then of these life lessons and legacy? This morning on my ride to work, I was listening to Francis Schaeffer, uh, who was talking about the need for God in our lives. And uh, I know we're at the end of a week, Friday. I've had a busy travel schedule where I saw myself preaching and teaching in Chicago, then on to Indianapolis, then to Louisville, Kentucky, and got back home yesterday. But throughout this trip and all the drive, I was listening to Francis Schaeffer's message And Francis Schaeffer is the one who coined that term that I've used oft on this podcast and in other briefings, and that is, how then shall we live? We have unfortunately entered an era, and I say that unfortunately as a motivational speaker, that's not something you want me to say. 
I'm always expected to give hope, trim the roses, so to speak, and the hedges, and give you a pristine look of a future. If you just follow these principles, this is where you will arrive. But Francis Schaeffer, in, in that book that was read by somebody else, uh, talks about a society that has unbridled passions, unfettered access, and unaccounted for behavior. When you unpack those three very loaded words, they bring us to that cusp of why our motivational elements are where we are, why our society is where it is. Now, I'm a social commentator, which means I just don't hold back on behaviors that lead, down, lead us down a path and then hope that by some pacifying force or motivational pat on the back, we can say, go get him, tiger, and you would arrive at the finish line uh, all uh, fresh and free. But this unbridled passion is causing us to rethink our definitions of what life is, what its legacy is, and we have allowed things to enter into our lexicon and enter into our behavior motifs that actually create a very dull, dark, and dire prognosis for humanity. Going back to the how then shall we live, if everything is an unbridled passion, we need to go back to the worship words given to us by Archbishop William Temple when he talked about our worship being uh, the submission of all of our nature to God, the quickening of conscience to his holiness, the nurturing of the mind to his truth, purifying of imagination to his beauty, opening of the heart to his love. And all of this gathered in adoration, the most selfless emotion of which humanity is capable. And I'm paraphrasing that quote. But if you parse it back or you go back and pull up that quote of Archbishop William Temple on holiness or on worship, you will see some of the key things that jump out. Purifying of the imagination to his beauty. If our imagination is not to the holiness of God and to the created order and to the sustained sceneries we see in front of us, then this unbridled passion begins to ask us to go down the depths of depravity in search of something that will fulfill us. In addition to unbridled passion, which is unchecked, unbridled just simply means something that has no uh, stirrups or saddle on it, something that has nothing on it, it's free to roam like the Mustangs of old. Man has reached that point where the other day I was sitting with a group of people and the question arose, if all the things in this world are supposed to give us happiness and many people find different ways to happiness, who then are we to criticize them if they find happiness and holiness in their own choosing? I'm not the one who is sitting in judgment or criticism. What I'm saying is if what you search for does not deliver, then you'll search for something else. And if that doesn't deliver, eventually you'll find yourself far away from where you began in this search and uh, of devoid of just about everything or anything that created a foundation. So today ask yourself in a philosophical way with a neat motif and a new sheet of paper, are there some unbridled passions in your life that have taken you as far away from the starting block as you humanly can imagine, but no closer to the finishing stop that you thought you would arrive at if you went down that unchecked path? The second is unfiltered access, and this is technology. At the swipe of a finger or the swoosh of a hand or the click of a mouse or the uh, 
aggregation of an app, you begin to now delve into a world that is so inviting and so involving, it actually gives you access into a realm where you begin to feel accepted because it has no filters. And a word without filters begins to allow us to change our definitions. So when you look at the world we live in today about identity or any of the issues, politics or civilizations or cultures or prejudice or bigotry, any of these broad topics that are lambasted out there and thrown at our face with such fervor, we begin to realize it is because of this unfettered access. Anybody can go in anywhere. In fact, on a Wikipedia page, anybody can log in and create their own dimensions. And so when people say, do you have a Wikipedia page? I'm really glad I don't. And I'm glad nobody has built one yet. But maybe that day will come. And at that point, you know, you're open to the scrutiny of the world. But the scrutiny of the world, that unfettered access where someone can go in and change who you are. Imagine how easy it is to just change who you are on your own if you can go in and change who someone else is. You know, in the world we live in, just remind yourself of this. Digital incrimination is an, an instant. Digital retribution and forgiveness may take forever. Digital memories are fleeting, but once that wound is inflicted and once that gaping hole is opened up and someone has lambasted you because of unfettered access, you will begin to realize that maybe this media that was social is actually antisocial. I know so many people who today regret what they said five years ago because what they said five years ago, they said in the heat of the moment, not realizing that there is something called digital posterity. Here is the scary part of this week's uh, understanding of life and its lessons and its legacy. And uh, maybe you were happy that I was on a hiatus. But as I have studied over this summer and began to ask myself the question that Francis Shaver asked, how then shall we live? I remember an apologist who said, you know, our feet are firmly planted in midair. There is no foundation. And through the course of this summer, we were on the heels of 16, 17 months of a lockdown. And people have been asking me for solutions that allow us to move forward. How then shall we live? So first, I want you to look at are there unbridled passions in your life that are taking you so far away from the starting block and the hope in search of something, but you're no closer to the finishing stop? Is there unfettered access, which means are you swiping and swooshing with reckless abandon, watching endless clips? And I know I'm addicted to some of these videos of dance moves that they do and the TikTok challenges. They give me joy when I see different people doing it. But then after a while, I have to close my phone, turn it away and move on to something else because it's very easy to get roped into that. And then you begin to realize that the moments have arrived in our lives where other people are entertaining us, and this goes back to that original word of Neil Postman in Amusing Ourselves to Death, it is not our fear of reading, but it is our entertainment in passive watching that is actually controlling our minds, our thoughts, our fears, our hopes, and our ambition. When I look at what the news media purveys and portrays and how they would constantly hammer on something that almost seems uh, too good to be true or too harsh to be real, we begin to realize that this unfettered access has actually cluttered our brains. So clearly ask yourself, are you going to promise yourself to have some filters? Delete that which does not meet your value system. 
Do not distort that which passes through you and destroy anything that counters the will of God before it even gets to you. Delete that which will not help you. Destroy and diminish. The last is unaccounted behavior. Accountability is gone by the wayside because we have now reached a point, according to the Francis Schaeffer, of uh, what I think he called it philosophical adultery, or he used some other colorful terms for that, which means everything that talks about the original design, the original intent, the original hope, the original desires, has now got a nice, cute philosophical definition because what we have done is jettisoned the very foundations and clung to these new virtues that begin to be thrown out to us in this ether. And as a result of that, everything that comes down the pike is seductive and it's open. And we seem to be missing the basic element of where we were as a species when we began this journey. Some of you are much younger who listen to me, and I'm very grateful that I have a younger audience. And some of you may be my age. Now, uh, I turned 60 in January, which means in my generation, I saw the awe of man's landing on the moon. And in my generation, I saw an entire group of people who were absolutely convinced that it is a hoax. In my generation, I saw the atrocity of evil through terrorism. And in my generation and in my own lifetime, I've seen the harboring of the people who bring evil and reached a point in society where the victim is actually considered the person who is the greater perpetrator because they felt victimized either because of their religion or their belief. So the atrocities are committed in this philosophical way. Behavior is changed. Adultery is redefined, debauchery is presented, and every kind of ism becomes something that is mainstream. Today's lesson may have been heavy, my friends, but I'm telling you, we are reaching a tipping point, and if we do not look at life through the clarity and the lens of these issues, is there unbridled passion in our life that is letting us run wild? And this comparative belief system, what harm is there in one uh, social gathering? Well, if one is bad, why not two? Someone recently came up with a number saying that, you know, we need to mandate if there are a hundred people. Well, if a hundred, why not a hundred and one? And why does 99 get a pass? The goal is never in numbers. And whenever mandates and ethos and ethics are debated in numbers, we begin to lose individual accountability because we now succumb very readily into what was posited by George Orwell as groupthink. That's why everything is given to you in the lens of the mass. Do not think of yourself. Think of all those people out there. And as a result, if you do this, all those other people will benefit. But the bottom line is the individual does have some accountability in the process. But what we do is the reverse. Think of some of the things of how these definitions have changed. Identity is now a choice, but prejudice is something that is generational. Belief is bigoted. Sovereignty is a sin. And borders are blasphemous. So you cannot have a border for a country because that blasphemes those who want the opportunity for freedom. By the same token, you cannot say to anybody, hey, don't lock your house, let everybody in. The irony and the hypocrisy is as broad as the discussions of today. 
But those that say that you need to let your guard down and let your homes be open and let your hearts be vulnerable to the plight of the masses are the same people who give us these edicts from high-gated compounds with armed guards. And when they travel, they travel in an entourage of protection because they are somehow the givers of this grandiose vision. Wherever you are in the world, I hope today's information is quasi-poetic, it is quasi-philosophical, it is quasi-informative. But the bottom line is, ask yourself, do you have unbridled passions that have no check? Do you have unfiltered access because you decided not to check? And then you have unaccounted for behavior because you're convinced no one is checking. The God of the universe is still sovereign, and one day we will stand in front of him and he will ask us the questions that we will have to answer. Today is maybe a good day to look at your life, its lessons, and its legacy and ask yourself, if what came before you was good, did you sustain it? If what flows through you is great, are you able to contain it? And if what comes after you is going to be supreme, can you make sure that someone else is going to protect it? Until next time, this is Krish Dunham. Glad to be back with you. We hope to bring you new invigorating thoughts. Be on the lookout for the Academy. Visit skylifesuccess.com forward slash shop. And hopefully you will uh, allow and engage and uh, purchase some of those audio messages uh, for your friends and your family. Good luck, God bless, and thanks for joining us as always. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Chris Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.